Hello, and welcome to the Power Your Advice podcast. The Power Your Advice podcast is designed to bring financial advisors new ideas, why those ideas should be considered, and how to implement them into your business. This podcast is brought to you by Advisorpedia, the best place for advisors to grow their minds and businesses. And now, please join your host, Doug Heikinen. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. We're live at the Sanctuary Oasis Conference in Las Vegas. Our next guest is Marianne Bartels, who's a recognized and award-winning strategist that spent 35 years on Wall Street analyzing and communicating trends in the economy, equities, bonds, commodities, and exchange-traded funds. These are the best kind of podcasts because we get to talk about investing. Welcome, Marianne. Oh, thank you so much for having me. So volatility has been one of the biggest stories this year for investors. How do you recommend investors navigate volatility as we get into 2023? And I can't believe we're saying 2023 already. I know. We're almost there. You know, this has been a year of what we're calling episodic volatility. It's not just volatility. It's it's explosive uh, volatility. And it really does unnerve in investors. But I always like to say that volatility brings opportunity. And what we were talking about here at the Sanctuary Wealth Conference is that the bull is already running. There's a bull market that's already running within the market, uh, but we don't see it because of the volatility, primarily in technology. Um, and, and I love tech longer term, but they got very expensive. A lot of the money that came from COVID, both monetarily and fiscally, seemed to go into the tech stocks and we got very high PE multiples. As interest rates are going up, it's kind of hard to keep those multiples. And so we're really popping what I'm calling the COVID bubble in tech. And that's creating this episodic volatility. But there are stocks in smaller industry groups that are already hitting record all-time highs. And we're seeing that in energy. But energy only represents like 5% of the S&P, where tech is 26% of the S&P. So we have stocks like ExxonMobil and Chevron that are hitting record all-time highs. If you go into the industrial space, um, there's a little group in there called Aerospace and Defense. And I learned from a colleague many years ago, you want to go into defense when there's a war. Well, unfortunately, we do have a war. Um, and it's with Ukraine and Russia, and we're supplying a lot of the military equipment. So we have stocks in um, aerospace and defense like Lockheed, uh, Northrop Grumman, hitting record all-time highs. And we're not talking about that. So how do you navigate volatility? You have to look at everything, and not everything is volatile. Some things are actually adding to a portfolio. So it's really about having diversification being fully diversified to weather some of these uh, periods of volatility. And then the other exciting thing is, and I know I'm going on and on and on, but we now have a fixed income market. So we used to talk about 60-40 being dead, meaning asset allocation, 60% stocks, 40% bonds. Well, now we have a bond market again, now that we have interest rates. So we can diversify and help that volatility in a portfolio. So people like you are all, always fortune tellers. So what's your outlook for the markets in 2023? So I think we bottom at some point and we really launched th- this bull. So I, I think within the first half, we should already be out of this. We'll reach peak interest rates. We'll get to a point where the uh, Fed stops raising rates and might even start cutting rates. And uh, 
I think by next year we'll have returns up. One of the indicators that I actually showed in my presentation, it comes from Bank of America and it's called the sell side indicator. And it looks at strategists across Wall Street in terms of what they're allocating to stocks, bonds, and cash. And that model is actually very close to coming to a buy signal. And the model today is actually uh, suggesting that stocks could be up by 16% in the next 12 months. I think you're starting to get the capitulation from strategists. We've seen strategists from Goldman Sachs start to lower their targets on the S&P. Yesterday, we had a strategist at J.P. Morgan uh, that lowered uh, their targets. So I think we have to get targets down. I think we even still have to get some earnings numbers down. Normally, if, if you're going into a recession, we see earnings decline on average about 24, 25%. And in the fourth quarter, we finally got a negative 1%. So I still think bottom line numbers have to come down. And that should all happen within the next six months. And then we're off to the races. But as I said, the bull's already running. So you got to be in the pockets where the bull is. What you want to avoid is where the bear is still hanging out. And eventually that bear will go into hibernation. So you mentioned that one economic indicator. Are there others that investors should be looking at? In terms of indicators, one of the things that I'm watching is initial jobless claims. Because based on what the Fed has been saying is they want unemployment to go up. Uh, and based on their comments, it looks like they want an unemployment rate around 5%. So a leading indicator for that would be initial jobless claims. And that number is just starting to tick up. We're also watching layoffs. Um, you're just starting to see announcements, uh, particularly in tech, because that, that, that's the sector that's getting really hit. Uh, so I'd be watching uh, the announcements also for layoffs, but that number you really want to watch would be initial jobless claims. You mentioned diversification. Are there other things investors should be thinking about to position their portfolios for next year? Yeah, fixed income. Fixed income is finally back. Now, rates have started to come back down. We, we saw two-year actually up around, I think, four six four seven. So meaning that you get a return of 4.6% you know, over a two-year two time frame. And that's, that's quite attractive. So we like short duration fixed income in the range of you know, no further than five to six years. But cash has a return too, right? You can get 3% in cash. So we're telling people if you're looking to reduce the volatility in your portfolio, you can kind of park your money on, on the fixed income side. Now, alternatives, not everybody wants to go into alternatives. Not everybody um, qualifies for alternative investments. But there's also alternatives that are out there uh, that we think some clients should, should be looking at. What about inflation? How can investors manage that? You know, that's, a, that's the real hard one. Yeah. Um, you know, because food prices aren't, you know, coming down fast enough. Gas prices aren't coming down fast enough. And of course, the Fed always wants to talk about core, <laughs> X energy, X food, but that's what we live day by day with. We have had some positive numbers, meaning that the expectation for CPI came in a little bit softer. Today, we got PPI, uh, which are producer price index, a little bit softer. How you navigate um, the area's inflation is, believe it or not, equities have always been considered an inflation hedge, meaning that over time, stock prices go up and many times can outpace inflation over a period of time. Investing in uh, real estate. So right now we're in a soft spot 
with real estate because mortgage rates are going up. But when we look at the long-term supply and demand dynamics, we actually have a shortage in housing for the millennials. The millennials are a larger demographic than the baby boomers. And if we're going to supply them housing, we're still going to have to build. Believe it or not, even some of the building stocks are actually trading very well. Some of the construction stocks are trading very, very well. So, so navigating inflation is by investing in real assets. Um, sometimes it works 100%, sometimes it doesn't, but it cushions the portfolio. Here's the good news. I don't think we stay in inflation for forever. Maybe some of the dynamics of pricing have changed, but I don't think we're going to stay elevated for an extended period of time. It sounds like you don't think we're headed into a recession. No, we are. We are. Yeah. Oh. Sorry. Yeah, we are going to go in. I think we're going to go into a recession. I think the Fed wants that. Really, to get inflation down, what do you need to do? You need to get the consumer to stop spending money. And how do you get the consumer to stop spending these higher prices? Well, you get them unemployed, you take down their housing, and you take down their portfolio. And I know, it's very depressing. It's manipulation. It is. But, you know, it, it's manipulation in a way that they're trying to get inflation down, and it, it's a sad story. But here's the good news. They'll do that, and then they'll, do, they'll flip 180 degrees, and they'll start cutting rates. Believe it or not, wouldn't, wouldn't it be a surprise if 10-year Treasury yields in a year time are at 2%? Because no one's talking about that. Because what goes up must come down. So how do investors prepare for all this stuff and this manipulation and inflation and recession? They come talk to people at Sanctuary <laughs> Wealth. <laughs> um, and we'll try to keep you informed and educated as to how best diversify your portfolio. Okay, how do markets perform in the third year of a presidential cycle? They normally go up double digits. Wow. Because of more manipulation. <laughs> so when you look back historically, um, you, you get stimulus, whether it's fiscal stimulus or monetary stimulus. Uh, so you can reelect the, next, the, the same party that's in power is kind of how, how, how it goes. So, but aside from the manipulation part, I think we get to that point where we either break something because the Fed is too tight and other central banks, we haven't even talked about other central banks. Bank of England is tight. Um, the uh, BOE uh, is the Bank of England. And then you have the ECB for Europe. They're also tightening. So either something breaks or you get to an economy that's so weak that you're going to force rates to go down. So it, it, it's just a whole cycle. So if we do get rates and, and Fed stimulus Next year, it fits for the third year of the presidential cycle. When did this all become so fascinating to you? So I have an interesting story. My aunt went to Wall Street in 1956. She was the first woman to grace the trading floor of Ladenburg Thalman. She had to be. She was a very special lady. Uh, she wound up on Wall Street Week with Louis Rukeyser for 25 years. She was one of the elves. And she was my aunt. And when I was young, she was just my smart aunt that was on TV, and I didn't understand anything that she was saying, but she looked beautiful. <laughs> and she used to invite me into the city. She never had children. And her and I became very close. And I would go in, and I would have lunch with her. And all of a sudden, all this information would start showing up on the table. And she'd start educating me. And she says, Marian, I don't know where you're going to wind up, but I want you're a woman, and I want you to be able to manage your finances. Well, that wound up... To 
with me having a career on Wall Street. I've, I followed in her footsteps, but under her mentorship. And how much have you enjoyed that career? It's been phenomenal. So here's the funny part. Mm-hmm. I retired. You did? I did. I retired in 2020 from Bank of America Merrill Lynch, and I thought I was done. Uh-huh. And then I met these wonderful people at Sanctuary Wealth, and they offered me this fabulous opportunity to join their wonderful growing business, and I'm just so excited to be back. So why did you say yes? Why did you come back? I love the people. These are people that I've worked with before at Merrill Lynch. Um, I believe that they're creating a platform, you know, an RIA platform, where advisors can really be successful and really grow their business practice. And they're committed to doing that and providing them the platform that they need to do that. And I wanted to be part of it. Two more investment questions. What are your thoughts on earnings and valuation for the S&P 500? Are there any sectors that stand out? I already told you, energy. Yeah, so energy. But here's the thing, again, about earnings. And this is why the market can still be volatile and why markets could, after this wonderful rally that we're in, go back down again, is earnings, I still think, have to come down for 2023. And I don't think the market has priced that in. And, you know, and a lot of that I still think is going to happen in in the technology space. Well, Marianne, I hope you stay unretired for a long time because you're fascinating and your energy's phenomenal. So thank you so much for being with us. Well, thank you so much for having me and I hope I can come back. I'd love to have you back. To learn more about Sanctuary Wealth, please visit sanctuarywealth.com. Please follow us for timely updates on Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook, all at Advisorpedia. For everyone at Advisorpedia, our producer, Julia Smolin, and the Power Your Advice podcast team, this is Doug Heikinen.